to take a seat and Janet is going to bring our reading to us. Today's reading is from Acts chapter 2, verses 38 to 47. Peter told them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptised, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Father, thank you for this day, a day you've made, and one we rejoice and are glad in. And as we uh, turn to your word, we give you full permission, Holy Spirit, to speak to us the mind of Christ afresh and the will of our Father in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, firstly, um, what a joy to be here this morning and I know that there's one or two new faces so I uh, just want to say my name's James. Uh, I've lived here for, I'm in my seventh year here uh, at Chanctonbury. Uh, I'm married to Louise and she'll be here for our next one at uh, 11 o'clock and if you're joining us for the first time uh, it's great to have you amongst us. Please find your way and reach out to those who look like they know what's going on and if they don't look like they know what's going on then go together with them and find someone who does. <laughs> Um, I want to talk a bit about, um, I will refer to our passage this morning, uh, because what we find in our passage is normal church, and I'll refer to um, our passage kind of as we go, uh, but my desire um, this morning is just to talk a little bit about some of the challenges we're facing and how God might be leading us uh, to meet them, uh, and also just to share a bit as Jim uh, said earlier, if you weren't here at five o'clock last week, um, then uh, just to catch you up a bit on, on what this month of listening to God and discerning the future is all about. Before I do that, I just w- was listening to some of the stories this morning. Work provided, colds leaving, the father showing his heart in such a transformative way. I'm thinking that sounds like that sounds like the kingdom of God. I'm just like, wow, isn't that amazing? 
the sense of openness with one another, a sense of love and care that springs forth spontaneously. So, you know, one of our uh, precious gentlemen shares, another one springs right to his side and says, come on, we're comrades in arms and we're going we're gonna to do this together. I, I love that. The sense of maturity and passion for God as we pray. And I'm so thankful because, I mean, really, this congregation, we're, we're still babies, aren't we? I mean, we're only two years old. And so, you know, some of you were here two years ago when we uh, stepped off the edge of the boat and thought, who wants to get up at nine o'clock in the morning and come to church? Uh, and um, some of us perhaps are still thinking that. But do you know what? <laughs> We've done it, haven't we? Some of us definitely are thinking, I really wish the heating could be on. <laughs> it's like the old days, isn't it? <laughs> In fact, everyone do this. A cloud of his presence fills the temple. So it's good, isn't it? Anyway, we're working on the heating. But I was just thinking, you know, two years ago, we probably got, on average, on a Sunday morning, about 140 in Ashington. And uh, since then, we've really come on. And we've really grown. And through our doors, we, we're generally getting, on average, just in the mornings at Ashington, um, over 300, and every decade being represented. And I just want to say, this is not because we're pretty good at this. You know, this is because God is being faithful. As we've just been singing, that his faithfulness. You know, he's the one who's the anchor in the storm. He's the one who sees us through, and he is being faithful. But really what this month about, uh, is about is the fact that here we go. We couldn't actually have that many more people till we'd be needing to do something at 9 o'clock and, and start at 7.30 um, or something like that. And, you know, who's up for pioneering the 7.30? <laughs> um, and, uh, and so actually what we need to work out is what we're going to do next. And, you know, we're ideas people, so we've got a million of them. And you could argue the future multiple ways. But really what we wanted to do before we charge off is just to say, come on, as a family, a mixed family um, across four congregations in this parish, we just wanted to gather together and, and say, Lord, what are you saying to us? And what does growth in this church with a, with a sort of big C across our four congregations, what does it look like? Some of the challenges we're facing is that um, we are full, particularly at 11 o'clock. And you can sort of take refuge at the nine, um, but actually these, these impacts do affect us, don't they? Because if you hadn't noticed, you're getting further and further towards the back. <laughs> because we're trying to leave some space down the front for the children, the young people, and those parents who are still supple uh, to sit on the floor, uh, because we can fit more people in by, by trying to create more, more floor space. We've introduced a little stage at the front because when the church is really full, it's hard to engage with the back row and, uh, and actually to, to marshal you know, nearly 300 people in quite a small space um, without being able to, to see them. One thing which is a joy, uh, which is um, that our children's church is really full at 11 o'clock. We've got some... Nice little thing going on over here, haven't we? Um, and, yeah, actually, we want to give quality children's and youth provision because we don't just want to babysit. We want to actually teach them the ways of Jesus. 
and release them into fullness of life right from, you know, age zero upwards. Um, a few Sundays ago, we nearly had to turn away um, crash babies at 11 o'clock, li- literally because our ratios weren't quite, um, weren't quite there. Now, number one, that was awesome because there were 17 between the age of one and three, which is really fab. Um, but can you imagine looking after 17 between the ages of one and three? You know, and the leaders are sort of wild-eyed at the end of the session. There's got babies coming out everywhere. And One thing which I'm delighted about is that at all of our youth and children's age groups, we've actually got children with additional needs. You know, across, you know, our tinies, our children's church, in, in the different age bands, and in our youth, we've got children who require some additional needs, which is, for me, really, really exciting because I really want people who have tons of needs to be sat in church and learning about Jesus. Um, but it also just requires, you know, extra hands on deck because people just need extra support and, and extra care, and we want to do that really, really well. And, uh, you know, we, what we've got is a fantastic building which, um, under my brilliant predecessor, who was uh, the rector here, Chris McClay, uh, you know, I thank God, you know, for not only the spiritual values he sowed in, but also the renovation of our buildings, which have got us to this point. But actually, if you go into the kitchen and do a shift with Janet on the host team, you'll see a really old school sign on the window ledge there, which is from the late 1800s, when the Incorporated Society for Buildings um, gave a gift of 50 pounds to Ashington Church to extend the building to hold, at the maximum, 283 persons. So I think that 50 pounds has done what it has done what it meant, <laughs> done what it's designed to, because actually we've got those numbers now, and we need to work out what to do next and how we're going to do this uh, do this really well. Some of the dynamics that are going on, I just want to reference um, that across our congregations, because we've all been growing, a few people are saying, well, I'm really new and I don't know anybody. Well, I'd like to suggest that the approach we need to take is let's assume everyone's new and let's all help one another just in this next season. Uh, Because just in the last year, we've grown by about 100 adults let alone the children and and youth that have arrived uh, attached to them. So a tactic I play, here we go. Here's how I do it on the door. I never say, oh, you knew, welcome. I always say, how long have you been part of this church? (laughs) And then then we're just helping one another grow and not assuming um, that, it's never nice to be saying, oh, I haven't seen you before. Where have you come from? What do you know? You know. Um, and so, you know, let, but let's help one another. You know, we, we want to, and here's why I want to refer to our passage as normal church, because it seems to me that they managed to do really well 2,000 years ago, a sudden influx of 3,000 people. And what it looked like was not just good organisational logistics, but it looked like the kingdom. And it looked like some of the characteristics that have been testified to and demonstrated this morning. Because what it looked like 
is that 3,000 plus gathered together and they were one in heart and mind. If anyone was in need, what did they do? They took personal and collective responsibility and said, do you know what? If anyone's in need, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sell some of my property and I'm going to provide because we're family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. There are miracles occurring daily. They were devoting themselves to prayer and the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to looking out for one another. And do you know what? You couldn't stop people joining. So they managed to break through the barrier of, oh, there's 3,000, it's way too busy, there's children everywhere, it's too noisy, you know, I, I, I can't get my coffee in, in quite a quiet oasis. They managed to break through that somehow. And we need to do the same whilst making sure that the main thing, which is the presence of the Lord, bringing his kingdom, stays central to us. When you get to Acts chapter 8, um, people say that there were probably roughly around 10,000 in the church at that stage. And I think that's probably... Can you imagine if next Sunday everyone in Ashington wanted to come to church? And I reckon 10,000. Can you imagine if everyone in Stenning suddenly decided to come to church as well? We need to get ready, don't we? Because we don't want to be, you know not prepared for what God wants to do because I do think that he wants to move mightily even more and to increase what he's doing not just for numbers sake but because God is changing lives just one illustration um, two weekends ago no last weekend uh, on Saturday morning at our healing centre somebody brought a friend along uh, to church who doesn't know anything about God which I love because it's always way less filtered. <laughs> anyway, so this person came along. She had tons of pain all over her body. And she was prayed for by a couple. And um, as they started praying, suddenly this lady went, oh! And looked at the woman who was praying, and she said, are you a white witch? <laughs> and the woman, Jenny Arbuthnot, um, said, um, no, definitely not. And she said, why would you say that? And she said, as soon as you started praying, I could just feel the power coming from you and all my pain began to drain from my body. I've never come across anything like this before. You, you're a white witch. And she, and she got to explain about Jesus. That Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Jesus is the one who conquered sin and death. He's the one who carries the Holy Spirit. And he's the one who, 2,000 years ago, was healing broken bodies, restoring broken lives, revealing the love of the Father. He's standing here again. And he's the one dealing with your pain. And they just quietly introduced her to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? I love that. That just sounds and looks like this, doesn't it? I love that. And I want to see that multiplied more and more and more. So... What are we going to do? Um, we could start a 7.30 congregation. So I'm looking for a team for that. Jimmy's, yep, just stay in your seat, Jimmy. Not having volunteers right now. We could start a 7.30 congregation. We could start uh, 1 p.m. 
And then who knows when you're going to eat, because then, like, do you have a big breakfast and a big tea, or, you know, so all of that. Um, we could plant congregations elsewhere. And what we haven't got is any big, empty churches nearby. Um, someone was saying um, recently, why don't we take on Warminghurst, um, which is beautiful, isn't it? And we could all sit in those box pews so you can't even see the front and freeze because there's, you know, no heating and there's no toilet. Da, 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 da. There's no obvious place to church plant into, like, locally. You know, um, those who plant, you know, often in places like London or Brighton, they find these big old barn churches which sadly haven't got vibrant congregations in them anymore and they start putting congregations in there. But, you know, we've, we've kind of got a bit of that around the place um, do we need a bigger building? Don't know. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. Um, what we're doing is bringing these questions before the Lord and asking him. And on Wednesday night, as Jim said, we're going to begin the process of listening and just saying, Lord, what's your blueprint for us? You know, one of the, one of the things which is um, important, I think, to preserve as we do this is just our sense of family and care and love and how do we do that? How do we, how do we get smaller as we grow bigger and, and bringing all these questions to the Lord? So um, if you're prophetic and you pray, we need you. Um, if you look at the back of our leaflet, there's a, a place to submit prophetic words and we'd love to, love to uh, hear those and get those. Um, Whenever we come to these junctions, I um, am always excited and always slightly nervous because um, where we're going requires us to go into new territory that we haven't been into before. And that excites me because I think, you know, if we're to allow God to keep moving us forward, we've got to look at things differently in a way which we can't see at the moment. I'm also nervous because, um, you know, it's going to require some changes and it's going to require us to follow the Lord. And that's just sometimes, well, who here loves change? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. A few of us, yeah, a few of us. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we do appreciate is consistency and stability, isn't it? But we've got to face this. So um, just a few things that Louise and I... Um, have been praying through in order to position us well to embrace the future. And this is one of the reasons that I wonder when Jesus said prior to Acts chapter 2, go into a room and pray for 10 days, I wonder whether these are some of the things that he was dealing with with the disciples as they prayed for 10 days straight. Now, I don't mind you praying for 10 days straight. That's absolutely fine. But, you know, we might just want to weave this in but it's important to weave it in as we lay these things before the Lord. The first thing is really submitting to what God is saying. You know, when I mentioned some of the alternatives, some of you are smiling, saying yes, and some of you are saying no. <laughs> you know, what we're not going to be able to do is find something that fits each and every one of our lifestyles. It just doesn't work like that. And in fact, following Jesus means... What? Take up your, which means dying to our 
so that we can follow his way. So I think just submitting to the Lord, laying down any sense of, Lord, please speak to me, but only in this category. <laughs> you know, why aren't you speaking, Lord? Because <laughs> um, this is the bit of paper that you have to speak on. And <laughs> do you, know, I, you know, and this goes for us all. And, and here's where, you know, what I'm not trying to do is be a salesman with the thing that I really think we should be doing. You know, because actually this goes for each and every one of us. We want to follow what God is saying. And that requires us to lay down our own sense of ownership or control over what's going to happen and really submit to what God's saying. It also requires us to know his love more deeply. Because what is love the opposite to? What does love drive out when it's present? Fear. 1 John 4. Perfect love casts out all fear. And, you know, it for, in order for us to move forward, we're going to have to let go of some of the things that we like. And if we're feeling anxious or nervous about that, I think that's an opportunity to go deeper and deeper into the love of God and to discover him more fully. We're going to need to crucify any previous church experience all bad stuff in order to embrace the future. You know, as we've begun this month of discernment, I've had this said to me quite a lot. James, we don't want to mess up anything because we've seen it go wrong in so many places. <laughs> you know, and do you know what? If it goes wrong, it's all in God's hands anyway, isn't it? You know, we can't fear that. And sometimes, some of the times, I'm not saying I'm willfully going down this direction but sometimes when it goes wrong that's the time where God really disciplines us as the children he loves and he teaches us really fully what he's about and how to trust him but if we're wise if his love is at the center and if we're really discerning we can do this and we can do it you know I think if we keep gentleness and our eyes fixed on Jesus at the center we'll be fine and I think perhaps finally, just dying to a sense of being comfortable. You know, Jim's saying to me, he'd love to do the 1 p.m. service, but maybe not the 3 p.m., you know, because by 3 p.m. He's, he's had enough and he wants to be reading the paper. And, you know, the Saturday night service, the whatever, you know, there, there's, a, there's, there's a, a sense in which you know, I would love 3,000 people to turn up here, you know, next Sunday. I, I would, because that would be 3,000 people discovering the love of the Father, discovering the glory of Jesus, and beginning to find real life. And our world needs it. But I kind of half wonder whether God is waiting for us to prepare so that we can do that well and not kill each other in the process. And so part of this journey is us laying down what's gone before, laying down the desire to be comfortable in order to move into what the Lord has for us. So here's my, here's my final question. Normal church, for me, looks like us devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, to prayer. It looks like miracles happening daily. It looks like us taking real care for one another in material need and emotional need. 
in the need for community and belonging. It looks like us having the presence of the Lord so strongly amongst us that we're filled with sincerity and gladness. And we're a community that rejoices as the Lord adds to our number daily those who are being saved. And so my question for us now at this juncture in our life together as Chanctonbury is what does church look like in the next 10 years and what does God want to teach us over the next few weeks as we listen to him and prepare ourselves for it? What does church look like according to the Lord in the next 10 years and what does he want to teach us to prepare ourselves to get ready? Is that all right? And in the meantime, we'll try and get the heating on for next Sunday. Amen. Um, well, um, let's respond to that um, by taking, you know, whatever that's um, churned up within us or fired up.